Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Welcome to episode 92 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, man frog. <laughs> Good evening, how are you? I'm okay, yeah, how are you? Uh, not bad, it is time for our monthly Andy vs Mitch episode. Yeah, I like that there's a real fluidity around this. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> we're not rigidly like, we're the third week of the month. Like, whenever we might have something that gets in the way of the regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, I think that I literally said, play the Andy vs. Mitch card this week when we were <laughs> sure. talking about this. I think it's important, though, quickly before we move on to touching the reason why we're doing the Andy and Mitch episode at this particular time of the month, given that we only did one two or three weeks ago. Yes. The live show. Live show's creeping up, and that involves a lot of preparation, so uh, we figured that rather than kind of try and run around too much trying to sort of guess things like that i thought we'd just be a little bit more straightforward to do this and last time it was me i did knock knock which was precisely the conversation starter that i hoped it would be i can say a lot of things about knock knock and i did Mm -hmm. but one thing i do have to say is that it got people talking and people seem to like knock knock people seem to have fun with it certainly i would say yeah yeah uh so it did fall to you to choose this time and you're taking us back to 1988 (laughs) for an unsurprising first watch from me hell comes to frogtown yeah um roddy piper and a post-apocalyptic wasteland impregnating women wherever he goes while trying to avoid the advances of sexy female frogs he's kind of supposed to be impregnating people but he doesn't don't think he impregnates anyone in the whole film. There's sex with that one dirty woman. Oh yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually physically dirty as well. You're not yeah, talking yeah. about her proclivities. No, 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 no. I mean, I've, I've no idea. You don't get to see the act. No, no. But um, why this one? This kind of goes back to when we had Sam on the other week doing Garbage Pail Kids. Mm-hmm. This was one of those video shop films for me. Okay. The first time I saw the cover art for Hell Comes to Frogtown, which was Roddy Piper, who at that time I knew as a wrestler, mm-hmm. standing silhouetted against this post-apocalyptic wasteland and down along the kind of bottom edge of the the image were these frog-esque characters it was all very dramatic to me and i thought that's a great title and it is it's a good title and i just had to see it i remember the first time i saw it it was not the film at all that i imagined it would be i don't know what i imagined hell comes to frog town would be mm-hmm. i mean i knew literally nothing about it until uh, we put it on tonight <laughs> but it wasn't the film that i watched but it's a film that i've kind of grown to have a great deal of affection for mm-hmm. it's a film that when arrow video crazily put it out on blu-ray a few years ago i snapped it up almost immediately and i've made a bunch of people watch it since mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. it's a film that while I don't think the politics of it have aged particularly well. Well, no. <laughs> what I will say about Hell Comes to Frogtown is it's daft fun. That is certainly true. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, I would say so. But how quickly can you summarise that daft fun? I could summarise it really quickly or I could summarise it in amazingly long detail, which is kind of what the podcast is. Well, let's do the first one first. Okay. Uh, I have taken up my position as the Time Lord today. The Time Lord? Yes, Master of Time. Yeah. Uh, 30 seconds on the clock. 30 seconds synopsis. How are you feeling? Fine. Let's do this thing. Three, two, 
One. Nope. Mad Max Fury Toad. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but you've kind of covered all the key points. Yeah, I mean, going a little bit longer than that, I suppose I would say uh, Roddy Piper plays Sam Hell, the most virile man in the world. I'm resuming the clock again. You've got 23 seconds left. All right, uh, he's the most virile man in the world. His cock belongs to the government, as do his balls and his sperms. And he is tasked with fertilizing the last few remaining fertile women in the world after a nuclear war. Yes. Okay. I kind of feel like you. I kind of feel like you uh, missed out on the entire whole thing about there being uh, frogs, frogs, <laughs> or like kind of frog-human hybrids. Kind of about. I feel like that was maybe worth a mention. Not I mean, just frogs. A town of frogs. I mean, you did have six more seconds, you know. And then there's frogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that we should just get started with this i think that the opening to this is hilarious more, yeah more than happy to do that yeah yeah can i just say originally daniel stern was in the running to play sam hell no way really yeah yeah wow that would have been cool would have been weird would it have been better much. than roddy piper i don't know i don't know i don't know if i necessarily would have chosen either of them <laughs> uh, well uh the script was written in six days bitch so i quite believe that actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that long huh that explains a lot yeah um i think that it's funny at the start you've got this kind of montage of mushroom clouds while someone explains in voiceover that nuclear war at the end of the 20th century was not the subdued affair that world wars often are and as it turned out basically the entire planet got nuked and we are now in a post-apocalyptic wasteland yeah i think um there was this belief that perhaps nuclear war would be a really just an exchange of pleasantries in terms of nuclear weapons and that maybe one or two would fire here and there but as it turns out it was a full-on apocalypse and uh yeah the, the world was absolutely decimated mm-hmm. yes and our first kind of sample of that dystopian wasteland is a man in a biohazard suit killing a dystopian vagrant over a dispute over a toy statue of liberty yeah, I really love the actual opening with the Statue of Liberty where it has that Planet of the Apes type thing where it looks like this is post-apocalyptic ruins of the Statue of Liberty when in actual fact it's a model. Yeah, it's a close-up of a toy. I really like that as well, actually. Yeah, that was really cool. I think that's cool. And I love that the film kind of starts like Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. Also, at the end of these very long opening credits... Right, yeah. Very long credit sequence, but we do end on a wanted poster for Sam Hell. Yeah, and it's important to note that um, Sam Hell was wanted, however, he's now captured. Yes, this is very true. And uh, it was only at this point that I realised that this was the Hell that came to Frogtown. Ah, right, sure, sure. Did you imagine it being a more abstract version of Hell befalling the town? Yes, I thought it meant like kind of very serious misfortune. Sure. (laughs) Well, I mean... There's an argument that that is indeed what happens. Well, I suppose that's true. Uh, we meet Sam Hell under kind of like fairly challenging circumstances. He's tied to a chair, getting interrogated by a police officer who believes that he sexually assaulted his daughter. Yeah, that seems to be the case. I think Sam Hell has priors. I believe, in fact, he may be a rapist. Yeah, that's kind of left unexplored. He's also a hero, which is intensely troubling. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was gonna. Yeah. It's. It's. it's I was gonna say it's fairly conflicting, but I don't think he's very likable anyway. So he's the hero in all and name only because I would wager that Sentinella is the hero of the piece. 
Yeah, I would say so. The unsung hero of the piece, I would yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that guy that's tortured in hell, he's weird looking. Like, he's got something up. Like, did you notice he's got something weird with his nose? Like, I don't know if it was a Coke thing, like a Daniela Westbrook thing. I mean, or that a... would explain a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, but it looks like one of his nostrils has fallen off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very strange. But he's getting very violently interrogated. And when I say interrogated, he's pretty much just getting barred. Well, he gets a bottle smashed over his head, I think, within 10 seconds of meeting him. Pretty direct. Uh, however,. Uh, just as it looks like he's about to get uh, sliced from, I guess, bollock to throat, seems to be the sure. angle they're coming from, sure. um, that gets interrupted by uh, two people from MedTech. Yep, MedTech is the women-operated, I guess they're in charge of everything, really, in terms of uh, repopulating the Earth. Yeah, it's kind of like it comes off initially as like a kind of sex positive message, and then on closer inspection, what it actually is is just this very clinical approach to just repopulating the earth. Yeah, yeah, and this film, by the way, doesn't send out a very pro safe sex message. I know. I think that there's actually at one point genuinely like a kind of like no smoking sign, kind of like red circle with a line through it over the word condoms. A Ghostbusters logo. A oh Ghostbusters God. logo. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, sure. Happy with that. But yeah. Weirdly, um, the ghost on a Ghostbusters sign kind of looks a bit like an anthropomorphized condom. Yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't unring that bell now. So next thing we know, uh, Sam is in MedTech's offices uh, strapped up to some machinery. Um, strapped up to some machinery sam is looking closely at his newest acquisition which is this incredibly industrial cod piece that he wears for the majority of the film mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah which proclaims loudly and proudly on it that he is the property of the u.s government mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather his genitals are <laughs> the rest of him is autonomous Within a certain radius away, because he's... You, you know, like in The Running Man, they've got those necklaces that explode if they get too far away from a certain... Of course I don't get that reference. Wow. Who are you talking to? You've never seen The Running Man, right? <laughs> of course okay. I haven't. Anyway, yeah, his cock will explode if he wanders too far away from his handlers. Yes, yeah, 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 that's right. But that thing he's wearing looks fucking preposterous. Uh, yes, it's very, very silly. Also, Roddy Piper doesn't have a great physique for a wrestler. I suppose not. He's quite paunchy. Uh, paunchy was exactly the word I was about to use, actually. And like, his, like, he's really sweaty, and you can see his foundation all the time. However, this is apparently uh, no particular issue to the women of the world here, because we discover that he has been chosen for a very specific purpose. And that reason is that he is, uh, for want of a better term, a demon shagger. He has the highest spermatozoa count of anyone alive. Apparently <laughs> so. God knows how they did the fieldwork on that one. Sperm count? On every last person. I guess there's not many left, though. Well, we do learn that 68% of men died in the nuclear war and a massive proportion of the people that were left, male and female, have been sterilised mm-hmm. by the fallout. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's quite a damning kind of message here, Mitch, about proliferation of nuclear weapons. I sup- mm, okay, yeah, right, maybe. I feel like you're projecting, but okay. And at this point, I wrote down, do they want him to single-handedly breed a generation of soldiers? Oh, yes, they do. Not soldiers so much as just new people. Well, they did. They, it sounded like uh, they said there was a population war, but also that people wanted to, like, retool up kind of thing. Right. So I took it as being kind of military motivated. All right, okay. I mean, that's a, there's got to be a better way to go around that. There's got to be some kind of cloning that you could do rather than the painstaking process of growing a human. Because I know right now, if I was to send Nathan into war, he'd be fucking useless. <laughs> And he's five months old, Mitch. What I want is to clone a super soldier who's ready to go into battle after five months. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. My son would be obliterated by an opposition army. He would be worse than a man down. Yeah, yeah, terrible. (laughs) Terrible. 
Uh, we find out that civilians have been taken hostage near Frogtown, civilians namely um, a handful of fertile women. Yes, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We also learn at this point that uh, Hell's codpiece is kind of perpetually locked, but it does monitor his physiosexual condition, and should he need to access his cock, there is a flap. There is a flap, thank God for that. We find out that kind of his minders on this uh, cross-country shagathon that he's about to go for <laughs> is, um, well, we've got kind of military muscle or kind of like a military badass in the form of Sentinella. Yeah, played by Czech Varel, who is stunning, I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a badass, she's got slick back hair, she looks good with a gun, she's constantly got a bandolero like, over her shoulders with bullets in it, although <laughs> never seems to fire a single bullet from Very true, from very true, for decorative purposes only. Perhaps she's a believer in non-violent resistance. Yeah, it has a gun, which I'm pretty sure is an 8mm camera with some bits stuck on it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also Spangle. <laughs> This woman is one of the top brass in med tech. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, gets, and she gives off a bureaucratic vibe, I think. She does give off a bureaucratic vibe. It's the glasses you see. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or as my wife uh, likened her to, Garth Elgar from Wayne's World. Which I could not see again as soon as she said that. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that, that was a game ender for me. I feel like Spangle is completely undermining this woman's role being called Spangle. I don't know if that's a code name or if that is a given name. I feel like if it's a code name, it's worse. Either way, I'm inclined to take her less seriously. I would say that that is reasonable. Sentinella is the first one of these two that kind of proves their worth as she kind of navigates them through an awkward confrontation at the border. Yeah, with a guy with a nose from the start. Yeah, 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 nose guy. I mean, doesn't really look like this border crossing is really much cop at all. Uh, no, I actually think that like uh, it's kind of silly in a way because it looks incredibly low stakes because it's just like a hut and two guys. And it's like, they could have just driven past quite fast. Also, the med tech vehicles, they're, they're not the most inconspicuous of vehicles given that they're bright pink. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, like, um, yeah, blend in by standing out. Yeah, and they're in the desert, so not at all the best colour of vehicle for navigating desert terrain. It is going to draw the eye of detail-orientated border patrolmen. Or, uh, in fact, detail-orientated frog mutants. Well, well, yes, because we are heading onward into hostile mutant territory. Yeah, do you know what I hate? See, the first moment that Roddy Piper kind of gets out of the truck and he's walking along and he's really aggressively adjusting his cock? Yeah, uh-huh. don't like it. I don't like seeing Roddy Piper playing soap with his penis so much. That makes two of us. I didn't realise that that was something that I was particularly resolutely against, but I do know it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't what he signed up for, to be fair. And he is uh, displeased at the fact that there's going to be a kind of combat element to what he thought, presumably, it was going to be a relatively easy ride, as it were. <laughs> um, so he tries to escape and yeah. gets the first of many cock shocks. Like, like I just touched on, the, this um, cod piece, I, for want of a better word, I don't, I don't know what else you would call it. I'm sure it has a far more... There's not a better word than cod piece. Stop uh, looking for well, it. I'm sure there's an acronym that they're meant, they mention in the film. Okay. Because they do touch on the fact that this device is government property, not just as the device within. <laughs> the device <laughs> within. But the actual banana hammock. Yeah. Yeah. But that device itself, like, it emits a powerful electric charge if you go a certain distance away. Further than that, I believe, then, at that point, it would explode. Yes, that's right. I think that that's, that's what we would like to believe. Also, um, <laughs> fairly tiresome trait here, where we have the, uh, the cock-shocking technology is controlled by a button in Spangle's earring because woman... Yes, yeah, she wears earrings. Uh, one earring, I think, controls the cod piece, and I think the other one might be a communicator. Yeah, that, that, I'm that's sure right. she reaches right. for it at some point to relay a message. It's like a CB radio. Oh, fuck's sake. 
<laughs> um, what do you make of hot rods here? As in, do you call it something? I mean, what do you just what do you think of the what do you think of the style that he's cultivated and that he's rocking here? Um, it's probably more feathered than I anticipated. <laughs> Is it not a mullet? I, I don't know. I I kind of I kind of associate a mullet with him short sides, which he doesn't. It's kind of right. like it's kind of a Farrah Fawcett thing that he's got going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if there's a word for that or not. Um, but like, yeah, kind of like 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 eighties hair metal bassist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very business in the front and party in the back. But perhaps you're right. Perhaps a mullet would indicate the presence of a, a Sean side. Yeah, that was kind of always been. That's kind of why I would shy away from using that specific term. I would say. Sure. Okay. Um. So he tries to get some sleep here, but not before uh, Spangle tries to seduce him. Big props to Spangle for uh, breaking out the camouflage lingerie. Strong. For strong. those times when you have to hide in the, your pants and hostile undergrowth. Yeah. <laughs> They're in the desert, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. He spurns her initially, then ultimately goes for it, and then gets a cock shot. Yeah, well, she is quite clear. She tells him that she's trained in seduction. Not very well. Well, I mean, she's doing what she can, but what I, what I think's quite... I feel bad for Roddy in this instance, because they do tell him that what's happening here is that they have to keep him in a constant state of near arousal. Yeah. Oofed. Yeah. Don't so is that pre-apic? I mean, maybe. Semi. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna start to really throb. Like, aye. You yeah. know that way when you've got a boner that you just can't get rid of for love nor money. Usually <laughs> happens when you're somewhere you don't want to be, like in your work. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, and you're like, go away. <laughs> that's plenty. Be and gone. It, and it won't. It just won't shift. Insistent. Aggressively Insistent. throbbing. Yeah. Perhaps that's the state they're keeping him in. And I, I no, no wonder he's so fucking agitated all the time. He is quite aggressive, but I think that's more to do with the fact that it's Roddy Piper. Yeah. Perhaps yeah, in the hands of a more skilled actor like Daniel Stern, <laughs> the character may be played with some nuance. Oh, honestly, like this is why my top pick for this was Robert Redford. <laughs> The only reason he didn't do it was due to a scheduling conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, he'd have been right in there wearing that fucking codpiece. Yeah, he was too busy doing terms of endearment. <laughs> um, so after this, Sentinella makes her move next. At this point, I would be extremely suspicious if I was uh, Sam. I would just assume that it would be like some kind of ploy to keep me in a state of near arousal. Well, Sentinella moves with great skill. She tells him straight off the bat, look, I'm sterile. You know, I'm not in this for babies. I don't want impregnated. She's just there for the... Pleasure rather than business. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Here I am. Spangle catches them in the act, though, so the party's over pretty soon there as well. Threatens another uh, cock shop. That's enough to kind of put the brakes on that one. And then what follows is a very awkward car journey. How many times have you been here, Mitch? <laughs> if I had a pound, I'd have no pounds. <laughs> Sometimes when you say these things and you delve into these hypotheticals, I'm just like, have I led a very boring life? <laughs> I had a very sheltered existence. What do you mean there's more than one position? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want to quickly touch on, I just mention it fleetingly and then move on. Mm-hmm. When Sentinella tries to seduce hell, she spends a lot of time sucking on his nipples and it makes me feel really queasy. Yeah, they're a bit hairy for that, aren't they? It's not just that, it's just... I really don't see Roddy as this amazing sex symbol. I just, I don't buy it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So do you just like, do you just like not like looking at it? Yeah. It's exactly that. It's it's his doughy body. And coming from a guy who's got a relatively doughy body, right? I mean, I don't have the physique of a wrestler. Okay. By any means. Right. But Continue. what I will say is, I think if I had to watch someone sucking on my nipples, I would find it equally repulsive. 
You did say you were going to mention this briefly, then move on. Yeah, but Sentinel is incredibly attractive, and yeah. it just—I don't know—I just I feel for her. There's a really kind of like funny, almost slapstick kind of moment here where they throw him out of the car, and then he kind of gets ready to storm off. Then he realizes that the further away they get, the more likely he is to get another shock. Uh, so he has to like run behind them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point, he eventually catches up with them, and they pick up a woman on their motion sensors and kidnap her? Yeah, they chase down a woman who appears at first glance to be feral. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, certainly dirty. Like, they, physically filthy. They chase her down, they shackle her, and then it appears that the plan is for hell to just fuck her. Which, I had a problem with the first time I watched it as a little boy. Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't got any better. Stop bragging about what a woke eight-year-old you were. <laughs> No, I the did... world was considerably less woke as well. I was already there. You're ahead of your time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, uh, there's a lot of things about this that are pretty gross because they kind of they inject her with something which is apparently like an ovulating drug. I think it's called like Ovidol or something Ovidol, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he direct the autopsy of Jane Doe? <laughs> yes, he did. Um, also, Spangle tells him to go get ready for work, which is gross. Uh, again, I feel for hell in this instance because there's a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've, I feel more for the for the woman in this situation. I've got some very serious questions about the ethics of this because I was kind of like, do they care if these encounters are consensual? Do you know, I don't know if they do, but I mean, we've already learned kind of obliquely that perhaps hell's a rapist anyway. Yeah, but like, I remember thinking that it was like, and obviously by the time that it rolls around that he does the deed, she seems pretty into it at that point. Yeah, because I'm just thinking back to the start, right? The girl who he's supposed to have raped she recants her story says no 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 it wasn't rape but then the black nurse from the starter she says something like all your crimes will be expunged mm-hmm. if you sign on to do this yeah it's pretty strange i think yeah. that like it's it's, it's left unexplored and it's a sketchy maybe, choice yeah especially so. for someone who's supposed to be your lead protagonist yeah i think so i think that like it's yeah the, the whole kind of notion of his backstory doesn't stand up to closer examination in terms of being somebody that you would root for under most circumstances i wouldn't say however he does have what appears to be a consensual sexual encounter with this woman who in the morning is magically showered she's showered uh he has fucked the gift of speech into her yes yep. she can now talk the night before she just a, a snarling mess yeah she was a bit like pollyanna mcintosh in the woman, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yep yep i feel really bad for hell you know when you see him and he's got like the electrodes attached to his knackers mm-hmm. and they're like presumably take the i don't know his dick beat or something yeah yeah you know this uh encounter with him and the feral girl yeah right i noticed you had a bit of a, an issue with how it plays out because he seems to be having some performance anxiety which seems normal given, under the circumstances given the, say, the yeah. weird situation i mean I, so but spangle and him spangle dances for him to like turn them on yeah and there's an awful lot of very uncomfortable eye contact. Very uncomfortable eye contact. Yeah, yeah. This is I. This this uh, this is obviously supposed to be seductive, but for me, it felt more confrontational. <laughs> Further adding to like, I yeah, guess it would be difficulty that you might. Have. It would make it worse. Definitely, hundred percent, absolutely. But yeah, after this, they're directed to Frogtown. They get there, it becomes immediately apparent why Frogtown is called Frogtown. It is entirely populated by grotesque bipedal frog-human hybrids. Well, I don't know much. The, one man's grotesque is another man's hot because the first frog that we actually see is Arabella, the sexy dancing frog. <laughs> um, however, they, so they go to a pub. Also, it's worth mentioning that um, they have a Spangle dressed as a slave girl here. 
Yeah, kind of like uh, Slave Lair, but much trashier, much yeah. punkier. Yeah, 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 yeah. For reasons that will become apparent. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, we get to the bar, and like you say, the first thing we see here is Arabella the frog dancing on the table. Then also, completely by chance, Sam has a run-in with his old pal Looney. Yeah, Looney here, played by Rory Calhoun, who was in Motel Hell. Yes, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Former um, Mitch's Pitch. Former Mitch's Pitch, yeah, that's right. Um, so he plays uh, Looney O'Toole. Uh, he says uh, they call me Looney Tunes because I'm so crazy see if somebody said that to me in a pub I would run a fucking mile see people who self-identify as being a bit mental I hate, hate it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate random people. Yeah, but you know, see if like a straw hat, a straw hat, dungaree clad old guy turned around in a pub and was like, everyone calls me Looney Tunes because I'm fucking mental. I'd be like, lovely, mate. And then I would just leave. <laughs> I just want to quickly talk about the frog makeups here. Okay. I think I know where you're going with this. They vary wildly in quality from fucking terrible to really quite strong. So what I think about this is, and the spectrum is very different. Yes. But I remember that this also kind of applies in Troll 2. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, know, I, know the, I know the very mask you're talking as about. Because I know most of them don't look that great, but some of them look like they've had some time spent on them, and I think there's one guy that literally just like has a burlap sack in his head. <laughs> and it's like that, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like basically depending on how much screen time you're going to get. Yeah, your mask is incrementally better or more shite. Because characters like Bull, who we'll come to meet in a minute, and yeah. Commander Toadie, they've got like really good masks. Like, yeah, really good ones. Yeah, they've yeah. got like animatronic bits in them. They kind of pulsate. The eyes move. Yeah, like, it's cool. It's good. Yeah. Not least, Leroy. Yeah, we're introduced to Leroy here. Uh, he is a kind of cool frog. He's like a businessman. He wears swimming goggles and a fez. Yep, velvety baritone, white sh- uh, white suit, crimson neckerchief, and a fez. <laughs> You like Leroy, do you? Yes, I was a fan of Leroy. So th- at this point, the conversation between Leroy and Sam is kind of Sam trying to ingratiate himself with the frog people. Yeah, the plan here is that Spangle is shackled and she is going to be used as a bartering tool, if you like. Yep. Um, although, obviously, she's not. She's in, the, she's in the whole thing and she's very much a badass who can take care of herself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, after this transaction, air quotes, goes down, uh, Leroy incurs the wrath of another frog for illicit slave trading. <laughs> and uh, that frog is Bull. Yeah, Bull. He's never heard of Sam Hell. Doesn't mind telling him so. Love that. Yep. Love that. I've never heard of you. I don't care how strong your spell is. I've never heard of you. Also, one of the best lines in the film. Ah, uh, that's a gif I've used several times. I think it's when he's shouting at Leroy, isn't it? Yeah, Leroy tries to explain to him what what the the business dealings were because according to the the rules of Frogtown, uh, that you can't have external trade in a slaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be like, presumably has to be done through the correct channels. You can't kind of have like an independent trade. No, I w- it, w- it would appear not. But yeah, he tries to kind of explain it away, and uh, I think it's probably better coming from the mouth of Bill himself. I was actually just going to ask if we could have the audio. She yours, barter to Leroy. Private barter. Well, yes, but shut your hole. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? This is my favourite line in the film. Uh, it's up there for me. It's my, possibly my favourite moment. I have one other one that we'll get to. I was shook when I heard this for the first time. It was amazing, to be <laughs> fair. It was the first time that I'd heard it, and it was it was great. It was up there with the sesame cake line from Congo. <laughs> Did you notice that the Frogtown currency is called Lilies? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, a short fight ensues here. A very short fight, because Bull punches Sam Hell unconscious with one punch. Yeah, it's about <laughs> as short as a fight can be. 
He wakes up next to Arabella. Yeah, who is happily and thankfully and helpfully nursed him back to health. Yeah, she's a double agent frog. She is a double agent frog. I think, Mitch, I'm going to stop proceedings for a moment. Okay. I don't want to make a habit of this. What are you planning? But as long as we do things that are somewhat animal related. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think I know what's coming. I've prepared some frog facts. Yes! Okay, okay, excellent. Good, good. So, following on from hippo facts. And croc facts. And croc facts. Yep. Frog facts. Frog facts. Now, these relate to frogs specifically, not human frog hybrids. Thanks for clearing that up. Those facts were harder to come by. Okay, mm-hmm. I can imagine that kind um, of fieldwork in that area is a little bit thinner on the ground than on frogs. Absolutely. And okay. Anything at this point would be speculation. Okay, that's fine. Well, you know what? We don't do that here. Collective nouns, Mitch. Ooh, okay. Crows, you murder. murder. A pride of lions, mm-hmm. a pack of wolves. What do you suppose the collective noun for frogs is, Mitch? Ooh, ribbit. A ribbit of frogs. <laughs> it's an army. Is it? An army of frogs. That's great. Yeah. Really like that. One gram of poison dart frog toxin could kill 100,000 people. What? One gram. That's wild. Yeah. That's a good that. one. That may yeah. be your best fact, yeah. Really? Well, I've got some other ones here that I think you might be quite taken by, Mitch. Mm -hmm. The North American wood frog freezes in the winter and reanimates itself in the spring. No. Yes. It, like, cryogenically freezes itself for a whole season. Yeah. Amazing. Frogs completely shed their skin about once a week. Once a week? Yeah. Then they typically eat it. Gross. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Minging. Carry on. (laughs) Frogs blink as they eat, so as to push their eyeballs down, and in doing so, aid in swallowing their food. That's a good one. There you go. Is that is that a lot? That is all the frog facts I could be bothered compiling. That was a that was an all star lineup of frog facts. Thank you for that. You seemed quite taken with a lot of them. You yeah, seemed, I really enjoyed those. You seemed genuinely intrigued. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so at this point, uh, so like we say, we have got this conversation between Sam and Arabella, where she kind of forces herself on him a little bit. She does, but then if. Uh, Hell says that he's not massively averse to shagging her as long as she wears a bag over her head. Yeah, which he kind of tries to pass off as being kind of like a fetish. Yeah, would you? No. (laughs) Spangle is with Bull at this point as well. He is going to take her to see Commander Toti at this point. I am buzzing to see what Commander Toti looks like, having already seen Leroy and Bull. Sure, sure. And uh, they I was like, like, I want to see these guys boss. Absolutely. And Leroy and Bull look sensational. Their That's makeup so and mass is brilliant. Less so Arabella. Agreed. That's quite placid looking. But I think what they've done is try to make her look as sexy as they physically can, given the fact she looks a bit like Greta the Gremlin with her ears cut off. Sure. It's kind of hard to make her in any way appeal to a man like Sam Hell where he might consider fucking her. Yeah, yeah. So she's brought before Commander Toti at this point, but the other thing that we realise is that the tracking device on the codpiece works both ways. Well, yeah, yeah. He... Uh, I have to say, like, yeah, but it does work both ways, but I feel really bad for Arabella when she's sitting there with that bag on her head expecting a bit of Sam Hell. Yeah. I feel really bad for her, but and Sam uses the opportunity where she's got a bag in her head to run away. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the hero that we know him to be. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like the all-round good guy that we're supposed to be rooting for. <laughs> but when he does, his uh, cod piece starts to beep, mm-hmm. and he realises that he can use it as a, like, kind of like a divining rod. Yeah. And he is able to put his own penis in harm's way in an attempt to track Spangle via her earring. The tracker is on the other cock. 
Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. As it were. That's pretty good thinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also actually from a writing point of view, it's quite a cool idea. I was just about to say that very thing. I think I, I don't. I wouldn't have thought of doing that, and it, it's quite clever. It is quite clever. I quite like it. I quite like it. Next up, Spangle wakes up tied to a bed, surrounded by dancing hostages who say that they're going to awaken her body. And at this point, I wrote down, "This is all happening so fast." <laughs> But they, I don't know what they're doing. They seem to just be kind of flapping her with this really translucent light material. She's loving it, though. She's loving it. She gets really sweaty and breathless. Mm. I've never seen that. No, no. Doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, Meanwhile, Bull's threatening Sam with a chainsaw. Um, <laughs> uh, trying to kind of interrogate him into revealing Medtech's plans. By the way, this light, incredibly light, delicate material that they're flapping over Spangle obviously has sufficient weight in it to activate her earrings. I did notice that, yes. Sending presumably many, many volts arcing through the genitals of Sam Hale. He can start screaming when he's uh, when he's about to get in, uh, interrogated, isn't he? You know how you were saying that your favourite moment in the film is shut your hole? It's my favourite line of dialogue. I think that my favourite moment... I think it's, it's probably my favourite line of dialogue as well. But mm-hmm. my favourite moment, I think, is here. So, Bull slices the codpiece off with his chainsaw. <laughs> and then he's holding, he's holding it up for like one half of it in his hand. And basically, he thinks that it's like... A decoy or like a dummy yeah, thing. But Medtech have essentially lied to Sam and that this thing isn't as dangerous as they made it, kind out, of made to it out to be. Exactly. It's exactly. like a like a placebo. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. It's like a decoy. Yeah. And so he's kinda like so he starts kinda laughing at that and then you see Sam getting all kinda irate at the fact that he's been tricked. And then it blows up anyway, but Bull's prop fall <laughs> is so funny. It's so funny. By the way, while this is happening, presumably Sam's just standing there with his dick out. Well, yeah, this did cross my mind actually. Yeah, because <laughs> like, because it wasn't, it wasn't like presumably that he had like the codpiece and then like a pair of boxers or something. <laughs> it's like yeah, like I, my assumption was he was just standing there like naked from the waist down. Well, this guy got blown up. That must be what was happening. That's weird. I don't think that. I don't think. I think that anything else would be a continuity error. <laughs> the indignity. Of seeing any man, right, wearing their upper half clothing, but nothing on the bottom half. Maybe even shoes. Doesn't matter, right? You can have shoes on in this story. It doesn't change how preposterous and sad and pathetic a man looks wearing only the upper half of their clothes. Yes, you're 100% right. Yeah, right. It's like Donald Duck gets away with it because he's a beloved kid's character and a duck. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Men can't get away with that. It no. just it looks so silly. It's 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 something that should be reserved exclusively for anthropomorphized yeah. ducks. It's one of the worst looks a man can have, in my opinion. Clothes on top, nothing on the bottom. Socks on your feet. Yeah, you know the, the threadbare sole of a black spot sock. <laughs> you know, like when you can see the skin through the sole of the sock. Yeah, but it's not quite bust into a hole yet. Yeah, I hear you. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> Just gross. Yeah, get rid of them. Men are horrible. Yeah, <laughs> we are disgusting. Uh, we lose Arabella here. Tragically, tragically, she she's actually come good. She's been a great ally. She has been. She has been. But uh, not long for this world. Stabbed. Stabbed with drill bit. Stabbed with drill bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Meanwhile, <laughs> Spangle, fresh from her training from the hostages. Sure. Has to dance the dance of the three snakes. Oh, I love the dance of the three snakes so much. The dance of the three snakes is wildly unsexy. Uh, it's like a cross between the total eclipse of the heart video and like a Richard Simmons workout tape. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I wonder why it's called that. Um, so she's dancing <laughs> the dance of the three snakes for Commander Tui. And then it becomes extremely apparent why it's called that. 
<laughs> he's got three dicks. He's got a triple snake boner. That's so weird. That's crazy. It's crazy. Also, I think it is a massive, massive piece of uh, special effects cowardice to not show you that. <laughs> yeah, you kind of see them wriggling about in his pants, and then it's a bit of a cop-out. Yeah, I think she so. She does illustrate the fact that there are three dicks by going like... <laughs> I, uh, her reaction is absolutely hilarious. It's like genuinely like because for one thing, she's turning her head like they're about like three feet apart. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's totally like like wait, what? Two, three. <laughs> also, they seem to be kind of prehensile. Um, uh, just mm, okay. I think you're extrapolating now. Well, they, like they they seem to be moving in different rhythms within his pants. Okay. So I can only imagine that they have some kind of prehensile wriggling nature. Yeah. To them, like a like a tongue. Yeah, like and certainly there seems to be a degree of autonomy between the three of them as well. Yeah. 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 So hilariously, obviously, she gets away from the situation <laughs> by kicking him in what is presumably all three sets of balls. Yeah, she kicks him in three. Well, that's a, here's a question for you: Does he have three dicks in one set of balls? I think that they'd be working overtime. So you think he's got six balls? Yes. I'm going to say yes. So how are you imagining they're set up? A bunch of grapes, like marbles in a bag? <laughs> you know what? I hadn't given it a massive amount of thought, and now I feel like I can't describe this very well. That's why I'm of the belief that you have two large, overly large testicles, grapefruit-sized testicles. Okay, okay. And then the three the three penises emerging from the pubis. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah now you've said it, that does seem cleaner. <laughs> at this point uh the film picks a very strange point here to shoehorn in a backstory about sam's daughter yeah too late in the game to try to make us care about sam or to introduce the fact that he's got a daughter and then never mention it again yes absolutely no no no. it's like yeah you, you can't just introduce that then jettison it like that yeah he's wearing a necklace and that's kind of what spurs on the story it's like oh my god did that belong to your presumably dead wife and he's like no belonged to my daughter and that's the first time we see the necklace, and the last time. Yeah. And then it's kind of just forgotten, and it's back to Sam kind of questioning whether or not he's going to shag everyone. Yeah, exactly. And on that subject, it's time for Sentinella to earn her money here. Um, she comes in and starts kicking some ass, pursuant to these women finally serving their ultimate purpose of being Sam's depressing sex medals. <laughs> Gross. Yep. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's really important to never lose sight of the fact that that is what this entire film is driving at. But yep, Sentinella does some good work here. Did you notice that really there's no kind of real stakes or real danger involved and actually anything of, of that nature that does exist revolves around whether or not Sam's knob's going to make it out in one piece? Very much so, yeah. I think <laughs> that for a film that is about the repopulation and continued sustainability of planet Earth, it feels incredibly low stakes for almost the entire time. <laughs> They do eventually get away here. They do, yeah. And um, this is the point where the film decides it's going to lean really heavily into becoming Mad Max. Yeah. Up yeah. to this point, it's been quite Mad Maxy. Like, you've had bartering, you've had uh, people running around looking for petrol, you've had arms dealing, you've yeah. had all sorts of kind of low grade. Ema- emancipation of sex slave women. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. You're, and now it's really leaning into guys in gas masks, armored car chases, and all manner of nonsense. Yes, yeah. It really, like, I mean, I, th- I think that, like, it's been teetering on the brink of complete incoherence for a while at this point um excuse me uh but we do lose looney here oh we do yeah i don't know how he seems to have picked up a head injury that, yeah. he, that he succumbs to yeah 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 ah, it's it's um it's 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 not really explained i don't think but yeah looney dies which again i mean like he, he I, I barely noticed he was there after the introduction scene to be honest 
I'm like, oh, he's still cutting about here, is he? Um, <laughs> at this point, though, they're not out of the woods yet. Sure. They are pursued by a battalion of combat frogs with Gatling guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He- headed by Commander Toti, who has presumably stowed the three snakes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheathed. Yeah, sure. Yeah, must, m- must have done. They are, however, stopped at this point by a masked man. For some reason, toting an RPG. Yes, uh huh, yeah. And he unmasked himself, mm-hmm. and it's only the policeman from the start. Here, reappropriated as a bazooka wielding incel. Yeah. Talking yeah. about how women run the world and it's awful. He's also credited at the, at the end as something like Commander Sodom. Fuck off, really? Yeah, so uh, what is the implication there? Bleak. And uh, an incredibly short standoff is won by Sam, who steals his bazooka. Well, he shoots the guy in the head first. You don't just walk up and steal a bazooka from someone. No. But it is a short standoff. Uh, very much is. He's, 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 he's brushed aside very much so. There's a scuffle. Uh, Sam hears the guy, uh, believes the guy to be bested and overpowered. And then he hears the guy, like, rustling his feet on the concrete behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he just he just, he just, he just a very quick, uh, like, a 180 spin and cheats him. Yeah. Right in the face. However... After this battle, he discovers that their vehicle has been blown up and he's now concerned that everyone has died. I'd be concerned too. I mean, it's quite a big wreck. It does look like there's been quite a large explosion. Yeah, Not not just to mention the fact that has, he's failed his mission. Yep, bad start. He's alone in the desert. Can't go back to Frogtown now. You've burned your bridges there. Yeah, they won't have you. What are you going to do? You're just going to have to wander. Yeah, like, yeah he's, he's doomed to a life of exile. Like Max von Sydow and uh, Judge Dredd. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, there's a standoff with Toti first. Yeah, this is actually quite good. I really like the the, the fight between Hell and Toti. Like it's like they're, it, they've said, right, Roddy. I know this is a guy dressed as a frog, but throw him around a little bit. Yeah, 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 totally. Because he like body slams him and like throws him all around. Like he, I think he kills Bull by body slamming him really hard. I think that might be true, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, considering, like, this doesn't take a great amount of time, but it's quite elaborate, because it does involve, if I'm not mistaken, a handgun, a bazooka, a melee combat, and a samurai sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell takes a sword from uh, Frogtown, and if you're wondering why he's got it the whole time, it pays off here, because he total recalls the guy's hands off. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's dangling from a cliff. And, and that's that. So he falls to his death. Yeah, yeah, splat. Um, and in a final kind of like neat happy ending moment, nobody died after all. We don't know where they went or how far or how they got so far away from the thing before it exploded. But everyone, everyone is fine, apart from Looney, who was already dead. <laughs> so he doesn't count. Presumably, his body just got blown up in the van. Yeah, because he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah, like I, they presumably just left his remains um in there to be blown up and then ran away. Which, to be fair, is probably fair enough. Like, because you can't exactly flee from something that's about to blow up and sling a dead guy over your shoulder, can you? I think Sentinella could. She's tough. She's that's true. Tough she probably could have. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, you're right. He he's nowhere to be found. Everyone else that we originally feared may have died, have not. Everyone's fine, and they're horny as all hell. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, and inevitably, Spangle and Sam get on. Well, it's heavily indicated that they'll probably get it on at some point. Yeah, she is initially reticent to pursue this as yes. an avenue. But under- understandable, given what we know about him. But then she realises that, in fact, because his cock is unshackled now, he doesn't have his codpiece thing on, that this is real love. He's been there of his own free will for like 20% of the time. It's lovely, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Cue the theme tune to Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Uh, yes, they are. It's heavily uh, kind of uh, implied that they're going to get together. However, it's also heavily implied that he's got business to attend to first because he's got five people to shag. Yeah, and he does say, uh, 
A soldier's work is never done. That totally looks like, see the way he says that? It's like so cartoonish that it looks like it's supposed to have, you know, like what used to happen in Bugs Bunny cartoons, where like it zooms right, like it kind of like it pans right in, it closes well, right the, down. Where the screen kind of turns down like and it, like just a little dot in his eye and then he goes like, and then he winks, ding, yeah. And he makes a, a ding noise and then that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, very, very silly. And uh, with that, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown ends. Yes, it does. Yeah, yes. and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad about that. Now, there are sequels to this. I don't, I've never actually seen any of them. Okay, how many sequels are there? Uh, I think there's three. Okay, three, right? Yeah. So, you know, I was talking earlier about how this is quite clearly inspired by Mad Max. Yes, yes, I massively, massively. I think the sequels lean even harder into that. Is that possible, is my question. Well, the the, fu- the the first sequel, okay, it's called Frogtown Two. Now I don't know if these are direct sequels. I have to stress that, but they are directed by the same man. Okay, he then made a film called Toad Warrior. <sighs> Very good. And then a film called Max Hell Frog Warrior. Wonder why they changed from a Toad Warrior to a Frog Warrior between the third and fourth ones. I wonder if that's explained. Well, I think it's because Toad rhymes with road because that's what I did at the start. <laughs> But famously not frogs. No, this is it. This is my problem. It's a continuity error or it's an oversight of some kind. Sure. I kind of feel like, I'm, like I like wordplay as much as the next guy, but it shouldn't come at the expense of logic. <laughs> but uh, the guy, um, Donald G. Jackson, who was one of the co-directors on this, he only ever seemed to make films after this about chupacabras or roller skating. <laughs> I had a look through his, his filmography. <laughs> Honestly, take a look. It's absolutely baffling. I can't make head nor tail of it. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. It's <laughs> such a weird filmography. Did they ever have a cross-universe Chupacabra versus rollerblading film? <laughs> it's, honestly, look at it. It's, it's absolutely wild. It's quite the body of work. Absolutely love that. It's so great. It made four films about frogs and then a bunch about Chupacabras and roller skaters. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's tickled me so much. I had I had a I had a middling time with this one. Sure. Right, um, okay. There was elements of it that I really enjoyed, um, and elements of it that I found to be hard work for a number of different reasons. Sure. sure. Um, but I think that um, it is quite good fun. I think that you do have to kind of like. Uh, if you're going to enjoy it, I think that you mentioned it earlier, you do have to kind of set aside certain elements of it. You have to just kind of be like, mm, yeah, you can get away with that now. Yeah. Which I feel like we're saying every week now about well, the films I mean, people you know are what? choosing. This film's ripe for a remake. Ooh. I think you could have a lot of fun remaking Hell Comes to Frogtown. I think Hell Comes to Frogtown is kind of... It's weird because it kind of leaves you as soon as you've watched it. I completely agree. I have. I'm like, if if I hadn't taken five pages of notes, I would have been hard pressed to recount the story to you. I think. Sure, but I think it's a shame because I do think there's something really great at the heart of Hell Comes to Frogtown. I just think it's aged so poorly in today's society. It has aged atrociously. Yeah. So okay, okay. So let's say for the sake of argument that a remake's happening and you can't direct it. Who does? Joe Bigos. Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. That's the remake I want. <laughs> that's that's the gritty adaptation that I want. Definitely, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, no. I would I recommend it to the people. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Like just like just like kind of by the skin of its teeth. 
There's so much. By, in by, here. By, by its recently shed skin. Yeah, yeah, which will no doubt be eaten in due course. <laughs> uh, there's so much in here that's just great fun. Like the cast are pretty much uniformly terrible. Agreed. But I think the frogs do the best work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's worth it for the dance of the three snakes alone. Uh, yeah, that is hilarious. I mean, like that really is hilarious. And there's just so much of the actual stuff that happens in Frog Towns, just just excellent i think like rowdy rowdy piper is hilarious as well i think it's just like genuinely like he reacts with his face before he reacts with his dialogue he plays every it so single time. over the top like to, yeah to that it's like goofy to the point where i mean i'd say with the exception of Dwayne the rock johnson wrestlers mm-hmm. aren't great actors famous like historically reasonable you could look at hulk hogan for example mm-hmm. suburban commando mr nanny terrible 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 yeah. terrible terrible um, You're going to piss someone off saying that. We're going to have some feedback. Someone's going to be mad. From Hulk Hogan himself. <laughs> Listen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'd be inclined to agree with you, though. Like, famously, they're not they're not known for being particularly handy or nuanced. And I think that this is a very extreme example of that. It's almost like he can't do both things at once. It's like react with face, then say the line. No, I mean, John Carpenter tries to get a performance at a Roddy and they live. And that's just about manages it. I think it's much the same, though. I think he's doing similar things here. The way the way he delivers lines is incredibly over the top. Yes, yes. There is no nuance to him. I mean, this is a guy who all the acting he's done up to this point is, I guess, probably wrestling promos. Yeah, and it's important to bear that in mind as well. Yeah, which extend to nothing really more than shouting about how you're going to break someone in half. Yeah. But no, I would say, yeah, I'm going to let you off of this one. Just, um, I just. I think so. Just, just. I, I like to keep pushing you. Uh, I thought that I thought that this one might try your patience a little bit more. It did. Like, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, that's still true. But yeah, ach, no, it's not bad. But with that, we're done for another one, I would say, pretty much. However, I think that it bears mentioning that by the time this airs, we will have done our fourth live show. Yeah, we will, and I can exclusively tell you that the live show episode will go up on Friday the 13th. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, so Graham Hughes joining us at the Admiral. Of course, if you didn't know about this before, this is of no use to you now because it was yesterday. <laughs> um, but really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, even if we are talking about Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. <sighs> have you been to that? Was it good? Were we funny? Do you have anything else you want to say? Get in touch with us. Loads of ways you can do that. Also, if uh, now that you're listening to this, if anything terrible happened and the pub were to burn down while we were in it or something shocking, and this is the last that you hear of us, then I hope you enjoyed this. Yeah. Oh god, now this feels really high stakes. This feels like more high stakes than how it comes to Frogtown. If you want to get in touch with us about any of the nonsense that we've been discussing over the last hour, you can do that on multiple platforms. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can, of course, also email Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. I especially want to know if anyone's watched any of Donald G. Jackson's other films or the sequels to this. I want to know more about the Chupacabras and Roller Skating films. <laughs> I mean, the sequels to this can get to fuck. I just I want to talk about the Chupacabra and Roller Skating films. Well, saying that, Mitch, you can get in touch with us via the contact form on our website, strongviolentpod.com. Somebody actually did that this week. Yeah, they did. And also, on that website, you can find links to our T Public page. You can find live dates as and when they're announced. And I know we've just done one, but there's going to be more this year. Mm-hmm. Considerably more, the way things are potentially shaping up. Yep, it's looking good. 
Yeah, and uh, of course, you can find all the places where you can listen to us. You sure can. We will, of course, be back on Monday with another mini-sode for you. We'll be doing Provided all... we didn't die in that. Assuming that we didn't die. Yep, yep. We will be back doing another mini-sode, hopefully. We'll be doing all the usual stuff. We'll be talking about what we've been watching. We will be mapping my journey no longer through the Shockwaves 100, but through the horror movies of the 90s. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. And I will hopefully be able to talk about Glenn Danzig's Verotica. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> we will, of course, also be taking a look at your feedback, letting you know everything you need to know about the following week episode although you know that already if you've been Mm -hmm. paying attention and we will of course be playing Mitch's pitches as well we will be back Monday join us then if you can in the meantime don't (laughs) rude (laughs) goodbye (laughs) bye You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 